0: Welcome everyone to Goodnight and Good Game, your source for geek news for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, after the news, we're going to be talking about the Microsoft podcast that came out today, and I promise you, listening to us talk about it is going to be way more entertaining than having watched it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, before we start, you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. Also, as a patron, you get access to our off-week episodes, I. I'm feeling better, mm-hmm. so hopefully we will have some free time here soon to record some more Patreon episodes. Um, and yeah, because I, I, I said last week that I was injured. Thank you to everybody who reached out, by the way, uh, to ask how I was doing. Um, that meant a lot to me. Uh, yeah, I went and uh, got a couple shots in my spine, and we're we're better than we were, which is why I'm here doing a show today. So thank you all very much for that. It really did mean the world. All right, with all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. All right, it's the prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. Hector, what have you been doing?
1: Um, Let's see. I only really have uh, two, maybe three things to talk about. Sure. Depends on if I remember what the third one is. (laughs) First one is we um, went to go see Lady Frankenstein this week. Lisa
0: Frankenstein. Lisa
1: Frankenstein. It was so good. It was a lot of fun, like the most fun. Mm -hmm. Like Diablo Cody... Um, never left, so I don't want to say she's back, but, like, this was good. This was a great time. Zelda
0: Williams is a director. Holy shit.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl did her homework. Mm. Girl knows what she's doing. The whole premise of this, if
0: you've never, uh, haven't seen any of the trailers, it's this idea that there's this, like, you know, high school girl. It's all set in the 80s. That's why it's Lisa Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. It's very much based off the color palette of the Lisa Frank art that we all saw in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um... Cole Sprouse is in it, and he plays the dead person that comes back to life that doesn't have any lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a wild, campy, silly, dark movie. Dark. Um, in the way that if you like Jennifer's body, I think you're going to like it.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Things things happen. Things get chopped off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful ride. Absolutely. Yeah. And the only other thing... Uh, no, 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 wait. Uh, uh, spoiler for next episode... We're going to see Madam Webb this weekend. <laughs> we are going to go check out this delicious trash, mm-hmm. um, considering that I think right now on Rotten Tomatoes is at 15%? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we will tell you all about yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to go see it. Next time. It's
0: going to be fantastic. Uh, over on my side no, of the world. Uh,
1: one more thing. What do you got? Helldivers.
0: Oh, we Hel- already talk a lot about Helldivers this episode, but please, go ahead.
1: Helldivers 2 came out. Mm-hmm. I loved the original. I got a bunch of my friends to play it when it came out on Steam. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun game. This is so far beyond what a sequel to that game should or even could have hoped to be. This is the next great game. This game reminds me so much of Deep Rock Galactic that I think it might have replaced it. This, (laughs) like, like, just in my, like, library this game is so much fun. I saw someone today who plays video games for a living say that this is the best pure co-op game since left for dead. And I am, that
0: is impressive.
1: I am not disagreeing with him. I don't think mm. I would have gone that far. He's mm. out a line, but he might be right. <laughs> right.
0: Might be right on that. Yeah. One. Okay. But so,
1: so that's, that's my review so far.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about Helldivers a little bit later on, Um, but the internet seems to be in love with this game, and for very good reasons, and we're going to get into some of those shortly. Uh, The only other thing that I did, other than us going to see Lisa Frankenstein, is um, we have a weekly movie uh, meetup that we do on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a rotation with our friends. Right. Each of our... us in the group get to pick a genre mm-hmm. to educate the others about. Right. Yeah. Um, we,
1: we make a list and we go through it and then yep. the next person starts.
0: And our friend is uh, currently teaching me about creature features. I watch a lot of horror. I don't watch a lot of creature features. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we watched two movies. Um, I don't know how to describe them, Hector.
1: <laughs> well, so, so j- j- just in case you don't know, when you think about horror, then creature features and like, isn't that a subgenre? Yes. But creature features usually have a lot of tongue in cheek. Think gremlins, think critters. So we um yeah we watched a, a series of B movies. We watched two. There are three. Mm-hmm. James is very much, as far as I can tell, looking forward to the third.
0: I absolutely am.
1: Yeah, we watched the Project Greenlight, literally funded by George Clooney, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck movie feasts. Mm-hmm. Feast the Project Greenlight feature that is um. Well, how much of this movie do you want me to describe? I don't want to. We don't
0: have to describe too much of it because we. I, I'm going to dive into it on our Patreon at some point. Yeah. But the premise of the of the first movie is a bunch of people trapped in a room, which is a favorite subgenre of mine when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. And these monsters attack. They don't really know the rules to the monsters. They just show up. Yeah. And they just kill a bunch of things.
1: Yeah, they're not monsters with rules, and everyone is in a bar in the middle of nowhere, like out in the deep country. And uh, all of a sudden they can't get out because it's being attacked by monsters. Mm -hmm. It is so campy. And so there was this thing they did in the um, mid aughts, you know, before 2010, Mm -hmm. where they would take something trashy and just get down into it and wallow around and roll around in that trashiness, (laughs) you know. And there were really highly elevated art forms that did this. Think Spartacus, right? Think mm-hmm. True Blood. And this is what we're talking about. You know, a show that takes its ridiculous premise <laughs> and really rolls around in the dirt with it. And uh, that's this movie. You know, and it's not afraid to be offensive. It's not afraid to trigger anybody um, for the good and the bad of all of that. Like, I I would give a million trigger warnings before showing this movie to anyone. Mm. As James says, it's one of those movies I can't really recommend to most people I meet. But goddamn...
0: Like, like, do I
1: enjoy watching that movie? When you
0: find your people that like this kind of movie, Mm -hmm. you found your people.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So, so yeah. uh, Two weeks ago, we watched the first one. Mm -hmm. And you were like, you know what? That was really fun. That was, like, so trashy it's almost wholesome. You know, that there's this, like, God, you know when a movie really knows what it is kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And then... Last night, we watched the second one. We did.
0: Yeah. And and, and it is a, up to 11 <laughs> on a movie that was already at 11. So right. like It's, like a, at a, it's 20 a 15. Something.
1: Yeah, it's, it's up there. It's, it's, it, uh, on the hotness scale, it's a Margot Robbie. Like, <laughs> like it, it's like we, she broke the scale, right? Like That's this movie on the trashiness scale, on the, mm-hmm. like, just leaning into the B-plot B scale. A baby is tossed into the air at some point.
0: Yep, that, that's just a whole thing that happens. Yeah,
1: not in a fun way.
0: If you like trashy horror please do yourself and there's nothing scary about these movies nothing no
1: not at all there's lots of blood splatter and there's vomit and there's razor claws and there's <laughs> monsters that are horrible none of it is scary all of it is camp the campiest yep. of camp it has a tent and a lodge and a you know outdoor toilet
0: yep it is it is wild it's a good time but if you like campy horror i cannot recommend feast 1 and 2 enough i cannot wait for next week where we watch the final part of the trilogy feast
1: 3 the happy ending.
0: The happy ending. By the is way, is Feast
1: called. 2 is called Sloppy Seconds.
0: Yep, so that's mm-hmm. what you're in for when you watch these films. Yep. All right, that's everything that we've got for the prelude, but stick with us as we get into this week's geek news in the Weekly Raid.
1: The Weekly Raid.
0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to the show. It is time for the Weekly Raid, your roundup of this week's geek news. Kicking things off this week, there is a video game documentary that's got a pre-sale campaign going on right now, and it's called Terror Bites, the Evolution of Horror Gaming. Now, this documentary will fully release in March 2025, and unlike a lot of uh, fan projects or just random YouTubers doing long form videos about horror games, um, they actually have rounded up a lot of the big developers um, that have worked on some of the biggest horror games out there. Um, so Dennis Dayak, who worked on Eternal Darkness, Ooh. worked on the original Blood Omen Legacy of Kane game is going to oh, be uh, interviewed for it. Uh, Sam Barlow, who made uh, several Resident Evil games, uh, worked on Her Story. Really? Um, Ooh! It's going to be in this one. And they even like got some Japanese people. They got uh, Yoshiro uh, Kamuna, who made the cult classic Rule
1: of Rose. And if you oh, follow
0: shit. horror gaming YouTube, mm-hmm. you know how fucked up that game is. And there's a reason it's got a cult following. Yeah. But Yes. Sh-
1: shout out to Ragnarok, who has an amazing video on Rule of Rose. Look that up.
0: Yeah. And so this is going to be a, a huge documentary that comes out next year on just the history and evolution of horror games. And we watch a ton of YouTube at work. Oh, yeah. It's just about, like, the history of horror video games, and it still barely feels like we've scratched the surface.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely wild. Yeah. Is this... Not from the same people who brought us things like Into Darkness and the no, this FPS is documentary? this is different. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. But right that, that level of quality is what they're going for. Love
1: it. Ready Can't it. wait.
0: Uh, let's see here. Oh, after the success of the latest Predator film that was called Prey. So we, good. We finally know what's next for the franchise. We heard this week that the next film will be called Badlands, and Dan Trachtenberg, who developed Prey, is actually coming back to work on this one.
1: Sounds incredible. I mean, prey. Um, ten out of ten. Absolutely zero, zero notes. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched that movie, I believe it's on Hulu. Hulu. Yes, it is. Um, watch it. Like it I won have, awards. Yeah, a I predator have. Predator
0: movie won awards. Yeah, y'all. A predator
1: movie. featured correct portrayal of like, like pre American indigenous people. Like, like, like th- it th- is this movie so good. Like, like bent historical accuracy. To its favor to make a movie about fucking Predator, yeah, like 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 it's it, they seriously speak the correct language. They're played by the correct race of actors for what mm-hmm. they're doing. Like it's all so good. Plus, it's a fucking awesome movie on top of all of that other stuff. So like, watch this movie. Oh yeah, it deserves to be watched. It deserves to be loved. Rewatched. One of the best Predator movies in the entire library, mm-hmm. like straight up shot to pe- the top of the list.
0: There are people who are currently debating whether or not is it, is it in fact the best predator movie? To yeah. Ever come out.
1: Like the original will always be classic. I'm a huge fan of the second one, mm-hmm. but like this was so fucking good. It mm-hmm. elevated what a predator movie could be.
0: Absolutely. I grew up on the predator films. I read the predator books, the oh, comics, yeah. everything. I, I was obsessed with the lore of the predator, but I was also one of those people. It's like, look, this is something that I love and it's kind of my camp, but like, I can't really recommend the Predator movies to a lot of people because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Shane Black's Predator was fun, but, like, not everybody's going to like it. Yeah. Um, but then I saw Prey, and I'm like, I, I would recommend this to people.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like,
0: like, to people that don't even watch Predator movies. No, Just I like- would
1: literally show that movie to my mom because she likes movies about, like, you know, that, uh, that hit, you know historical stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm pretty sure she would enjoy, like, the, the female lead who is – The most badass a Predator lead has ever been.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Also this week, it's been reported that Disney Plus, uh, after they raised their prices in October, over 1.3 million subscribers closed their accounts.
1: Mm, Good for them.
0: And yet, Disney is still projecting that it will add between 5 and 6 million new subscribers by the end of March. Mm. That's weird.
1: Uh, they haven't announced any plans to, like, go international, right? To, like, mm-hmm. enter, like, other markets? Nope.
0: They haven't said anything about it.
1: Huh. Yeah, uh, I don't but know. It, but it is
0: really going to show... Bob
1: Iger literally just learned about, like... Video games? Fortnite, so that's, yeah. <laughs> we'll they, talk about that here Disney in a doesn't always know what's going on.
0: Yeah. So, it's interesting because we are kind of in this space, um, if you follow the news at all, where people are backing out of the... Um, streaming race and not, and I don't even Mm -hmm. mean companies. I mean, just like us as viewers are so tired of having 15 subscriptions. Yeah. We're just canceling all of them.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I, I remember thinking to myself as a child, like, like as a, you know, like junior high student, when I, someone would tell me about cable prices and like how many channels there are and how many different things there are to watch and how expensive it was. Like, why would anyone pay for that? And growing up as a teenager in high school, I learned to pirate my media because why would anyone ever pay for that? When streaming started, it was at such a good price point that I was like, you know what? This is worth paying for because I don't have to do piracy anymore. Mm-hmm. They're, they're driving us all back. Yeah. They're sure. literally driving us all back by making of their services exactly like the thing I knew as a child was a scam.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's just the state of the industry right now. I mean, I look at it and there was this time where I remember when Amazon and even HBO was doing it, where they started putting like at least a mini ad before their uh, scripted shows. But Mm -hmm. it was always for another scripted show that they do. Right.
1: Right. So, it was a little sizzle reel for all the yeah. other like shows that were made by the network
0: and especially by Amazon. That was super helpful to me because yeah. I would go like to watch man in the high castle and it'd be like, well, if you like man in the high castle, like here's this other show that Amazon produces that yeah. you might like as well.
1: Amazon has produced um, some amazing shows.
0: Right. Um, but now we're hearing these rumors of like certain streaming services that are doing that, but they're advertising like either for other networks or just uh, movies that are coming up or they're, you could tell that they're being paid and sponsored by other things. Mm. The thing that most people pay to not have to deal with on YouTube anymore.
1: Exactly.
0: And so, I think that, honestly, in the next you know year to two years, we're going to see most of these streaming services, and we've talked about this a bit on the show in the past, um, we've, we're seeing a lot of these mergers, we're seeing a lot of these um, people that thought they could get into streaming and didn't realize how expensive it was because they're having yeah. to make original programming at that point. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, when we were talking about the good old days of streaming, in giant air quotes for internet, they can't see mm-hmm. me, um... We're talking about the fact that before Netflix had a house of cards, Netflix was just doing a streaming service yep. just to put movies on there to make it easier for people,
1: right? Right. It was just like, hey, do you not like want to get DVDs in the mail anymore? Right. We have a couple things up on a streaming platform, uh, you know, just in case you like it. And people liked it so much that it is now the de facto business model of the entire industry. It's true. Yeah. The only people with cable anymore are boomers. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, they called millennials cord cutters. And now, like, I mean, you get – I watch more long-form content on YouTube than I do of anything produced professionally
0: I mean, there's a reason why things like Nebula – and if you're unfamiliar with Nebula, it's where a lot of the YouTube creators went to mm-hmm. um, because they weren't making a lot of money on YouTube. So they, they created their own service yeah. where they were not bound by things like – Copyright,
1: right? Where it's not always like, "Hey, I want to make an essay about a topic, but I can't because the algorithm will it sla- will slaughter right. me. Right. They will demonetize my video, and they will not recommend me to anybody new simply because of what I'm talking
0: about." Right. So, so for instance, uh, there's this topic that I wanted to. At some point, we will dive into um, on the show. Where there's this discussion about sex and media. Mm-hmm. And recently you got to watch a long form video on oh, Nebula yeah. about it mm-hmm. and why some people are turned off by sex and media these days. And that's just not something you can find on YouTube. Like YouTube will mm-hmm. de- demonetize you immediately. They will just shut your video down. So we find ourselves in this interesting space where we're creating new creative outlets for the type of media that we want to consume. Right. We'll go to YouTube if we want to watch like random things. But we'll go to Nebula if we want to get like this full education about something. Correct. Um, But we want to be able to do it with. No censorship, yeah. no, No concerns about language. Um, basically, Nebula is like, hey, for all the adults in the room that want to talk about this, mm-hmm. let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, straight up. Broe De Chanel has a, a very famous YouTuber has a series on Nebula that is exclusive to Nebula because it's literally about this history, the history, the history of having sex on screen, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. There is sometimes full nudity. There is, you know, and she's literally just playing clips from movies and talking about what they are and why they are important, the impact they had before good or bad or whatever, but it's a fucking fascinating series Mm -hmm. and you can only watch it there. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, moving on from there, Judalina uh, Nira, who is a co-producer on both The Boys and the way excellent Gen V. If you have not seen Gen V, I don't think I've ever seen a spinoff ever that has been that good. No, straight up. This Um, is
1: like a Star Trek-worthy spinoff.
0: And it's currently working on a reboot of the old TV show Bewitched. Hmm. So the original show was about a witch named Samantha who was trying to live like a normal suburban life. Mm -hmm. And we kind of saw a parody of it on WandaVision a few years back. Oh, yeah. But it'd be really interesting to me to see what a modern take on this is. Because when we this is a show that I knew from growing up, but not because I lived in the era that it was originally aired. But we had like Nick and Knight as a kid Mm -hmm. and I was attached to a television as a child. Yeah. Um, That's how I was familiar with it. Um, it's a show that I don't even think many people talk about. The fact that that like WandaVision made reference to it at first I was like, oh wow, you—that's a deep cut there, bud.
1: Yeah, uh, I remember there being a movie starring Nicole Kidman and I think Will Ferrell. Was um. There? Yeah, in the like early 2000s, I think I yeah. I have not Googled that. I could be very wrong. Please mm-hmm. don't kill me in the comments or whatever. <laughs> but but that I do remember that being a movie that was a, like nostalgia bait for like 50 year olds, and I don't at the time, and yeah. I don't think anyone watched it.
0: Yeah.
1: But um, I do remember Bewitch growing up on Nick at Night reruns, and to to me, when I think about the plot as an adult. From my memory as a kid watching it, it's like, like this lady has the problem that she has superpowers, right? Like it's literally like, oh no, I can fucking move things with my mind. What shenanigans will this cause for me today? Mm-hmm. It's like, how is this not a problem solver? Sure, right? Yeah. But like, I don't know. It sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I love shit like this. I loved WandaVision as a whole. And not, I not
0: for nothing my yeah. dude, but remember and I'm not saying it's gonna go here mm. but remember the chilling adventures of Sabrina oh, is yeah. a remake of a comic that is a very wholesome comic.
1: That's very true. It,
0: it was not until Sakasa got a hold of it um, probably around 10 years ago when he did afterlife with Archie um, that we saw uh, like this modern take on Sabrina mm-hmm. that like was the the wonderful thing that we got. Um, absolutely. there's a, there is an avenue where something like a bewitched coming from the co-producer
1: of the boys
0: might approach it with a different kind of view and a, and a modern lens.
1: Yeah. I would love the idea of, uh, like, right. Like when you think about Sabrina, Mm -hmm. Sabrina's problem, like in in the most recent show, uh, not the Melissa Joan Hart one, the Mm -hmm. Kern and Shipka one, um, is that, you know, she, Stumbles across a real life problem and tries to solve it with her superpowers. Right. And that's where things go awry. I would love a Bewitched with like a mature adult who knows that using their powers has consequences and like is forced to do so for reasons or something. And at this point, we get to see not only the like sacrifices that are made in service to power, like Mm -hmm. yeah, witchcraft is real and it's fucking hardcore. Mm -hmm. And like if you wanna turn if you want to change something and you materialize it in reality, there are consequences, right? Think like full metal alchemist style consequences. Oh that would be so cool. Right? And at the same time, you have someone who is forced to do this because of the circumstances of their life for some reason. This sounds like an incredible show. And I, I hope that's what she's making. Yep. I'm sorry. I don't mean to write anybody's show. I'm not a writer.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. Moving on from there. It's your time to shine, Hector, because Arrowhead Game Studio, the crew who created Helldivers 2, mm-hmm. is currently ramping up their hiring thanks to the overnight success of the game. Right. Why am I mentioning this? Because currently we live in a time where almost everything that we talk about for the video game industry is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to just, it's nice to have something nice happen. Yeah. Hector, why is the game so popular? Why is it so exciting that they're ramping up? Tell us about Helldivers. Just, I'm giving you the platform. Speak to the people.
1: James, um, just quickly answer me this question. Do you like the movie Starship Troopers? I
0: do. I watch that movie minimum once a year. I read the book Minimum Once a Year.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty fucking great movie, right? It really is. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Paul Verhoeven just nails it. Everything he takes is. this this like kind of fashy book and literally translates. Uh, no, no. You're right, it is monumentally <laughs> fashy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes this alarmingly fascist book mm-hmm. and turns it into a metaphor making fun of. Of fascism in the most hilarious and stinging way possible. This is this is fucking like 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 the the, the you know the springtime for Hitler in Germany levels <laughs> yeah. of like making fun of fascism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that movie is where this game gets all its shit from. Mm-hmm. It's literally soldiers from a fascist government rocketing them into space. Uh, On ships, my ship is literally called the Sword of Democracy. (laughs) My buddy Ross's ship is the Spear of Freedom. You can select a thing of things Mm -hmm. from a list and name your ship, and that is yours, and your friends join you on it in a group of between one and four players, and you are dropped to a planet to do a mission for Super Earth in the name of democracy. Mm -hmm. We recently... Filled up, uh, um, finished up uh, Operation uh, Valiant Stronghold and are heading to the next system to fight the automatons after me personally dropping several nukes on an intelligent species of bugs Mm -hmm. that is basically, you know, defending their planet. (laughs) All there's so many things I could say about this game. I could talk about it for hours. I can say there is an emphasis on friendly fire for the sake of a comedy if comedy first, second realism, because everything is a hazard on this planet. Things are hazardous because war is real, Mm -hmm. right? So if I blow something up over the head of my friend and it falls on him, he dies. If I shoot Mm -hmm. my friend, he dies in the same way that a person would die if you shot them. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like, oh, there's a little friendly fire damage. No, it does as much damage to him as it does to bugs. I, because I have a ship in orbit that dropped me on the planet, can call down things like fighters with bombs, uh, an orbital strike, an orbital laser. We'll do all of these things. And if my friend is anywhere near where those things are happening, mm-hmm. he will die. And I decide where it comes down. And I'm also in constant communication over voice chat with them. So it is up to all of us to work together to not kill each other. <laughs> funny thing is, it's funny when we kill each other and we have infinite respawns as long as there's still time left on the mission. Okay. There, There's like... The last thing I'll talk about is realism for a little bit longer because there's a little bit of story to everything and that's really what ties the game together. The reason that different missions have different times is because your ship literally is in orbit and it is traveling faster than you sitting on the ground. And once it reaches the end of that level, you can no longer call things down like orbital strikes or jets Mm -hmm. or even reinforcements. That is when the mission ends. So like everything gets tied together in this really realistic way that is also fun and stupid in the exact same way we remember Starship Troopers. Yeah, if you use real bullets while you're training to fight, someone's gonna get shot in the face. Mm-hmm. That's this game. That's you know, what I love so much about it. Um, again, the best co-op experience I've had in a really long time, and if you are a fan of this show and you've listened in the past, um, this is, like, I've expressed my undying love for Deep Rock Galactic, and I've never seen a game as close to it in spirit as well as execution. Um, I wish this game nothing but the best, and I can't wait to play it all weekend long this weekend. I I hope to see you there.
0: I don't think I have it in the news. But um, there was an article that came out just like literally today, right, mm-hmm. where they said that the reason they're not putting PvP in the game is they don't want a toxic
1: game. Correct. Yeah. It's a game, again, where you're role playing a fascist. I don't think they want those people fighting each other and calling each other names in the in yeah. the thing. It's about working together. It's mm-hmm. about democracy, guys. <laughs> Managed democracy. So why, but is it, democracy.
0: why is it so exciting that the studio is ramping up, other than the fact that there's so many layoffs going on right now. but Well, what... that's
1: basically the number one thing is a studio hiring people is the best sign we've seen from any game studio in maybe the last six months mm-hmm. because all it's been is layoffs, 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 layoffs. Successful games laying off people, successful studios laying off people, mm-hmm. not to mention like flops just closing studios. The studio that made fucking Disco Elysium has canceled all future projects sure. for it, and we're probably going to talk about that later. Yep. But what I'm saying is when you hear about a studio hiring and ramping up so that they can expand the game that everyone clearly loves, that is such a good sign, and like a big heart from the community that has gotten nothing but bad news lately. I can see this studio engendering a lot of really goodwill, mm-hmm. and I that makes me very happy because I was such a big fan of their first game. Because a lot like this one, I could see in it the attention to detail, the love of the game, mm-hmm. the, the tongue-in-cheek comedy that they were diving headfirst into. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the love of the shenanigans that come with good co-op play <laughs> with high friendly fire damage. So, yeah, um, I, 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 I think I've said all that I can. Yeah,
0: great. All right, let's move on from uh, everything that's Helldivers. Uh, the FTC has filed a complaint against Microsoft for laying off almost 2,000 workers after their acquisition of Activision Blizzard. In the original agreement, Microsoft was supposed to, and I'll quote this, maintain a pre-merger status quo meaning that they were supposed to keep the headcount marginally the same where they could after the merger happened. Mm -hmm. Microsoft has since fired back, saying that the layoffs were already going to happen at Activision Blizzard, no matter whether or not Microsoft had purchased them. This is complicated.
1: No, it's not. It's evil. (laughs)
0: If, legally, it's complicated.
1: Uh, it's, uh, no, fuck them. Like they're, they're guilty of being assholes. Like mm-hmm. I don't care what happens legally. Nothing will happen to them legally. Nothing would ever happen to them legally. If someone tried to make something happen to them, they would literally buy the country. Like, like that's where we are. Um, what this is is either Microsoft defied the law explicitly and are basically sitting around saying, "Now try and fucking enforce it," mm-hmm. or. They bought the company with all the news, with all the media going on. They failed to inform the public that this company was planning mass layoffs and then just let them happen under their watch without doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. Also fucking evil. So, I mean, six in one, half a dozen in the other. No one will be held responsible for this. No one will go to jail because like no one goes to jail for financial crimes in this country. Um, and even if you want to argue that no one deserves jail for something like this, they're not going to pay any fines. Like, like if they are, it will be less than the cost of a subscription to Battle Pass. Like, it will be absolutely nothing. This is horse shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. The staff at the gaming media company IGN are taking steps to unionize. They are asking for fair and competitive pay, especially because those who work on site live in extremely expensive areas. Mm -hmm. Quote, we need clear paths for career growth, including management training to ensure our team leaders are both supportive and effective. We must avoid future mismanaged pivots and reorganizations, as well as address the ethical editorial concerns that have grown with the acquisition of sponsorship-focused subsidiaries. It was not mentioned in this, by the way, but there is an undertone of also AI question mm-hmm. mark.
1: I mean, fucking here, here. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I, w- I, w- I would, I would, I p- would pound my cane on the ground and shout, "Here, here!" in my powdered wig if I could. Like, absolutely, all of that every everyone needs that first of all second of all like the games industry needs this more than anyone uh, that journalism needs this more than anyone every it seems like every industry needs this exactly as much because we're all being taken advantage of we're all being put through the wringer and the grinder and spit out the other end with nothing to show for it true so yeah absolutely unionize if you can do it
0: Disney has in- there you go. Disney has invested 1.5 billion dollars in Epic Games. This isn't the first time Disney has worked with Epic Games, as there's a ton of Star Wars content in Fortnite, but it does mark the first time they've invested so much into the company.
1: Yeah, the, I remember seeing this news and thinking, wasn't this already in? Fortnite. Yeah. Didn't Disney already have a partnership with Fortnite? Mm-hmm. And the article was basically the the article that I saw mm-hmm. was like Bob Iger was surprised when he discovered how much the children in his life we're playing video games. I guess he thought they were all reading and playing outside. Like, what was the... Like, what the fuck? I don't,
0: I don't think I've seen a kid playing outside in the last 10 years. No
1: man. no kidding, right? And I really hope they do. Outside's awesome, kids. <laughs> to all the children who listen to us, right? Please, you shouldn't be. No, don't. Uh, ask your parents first. It, it's up to them. But, um, yeah. No. Kids are playing video games. You know why? There's not enough media to be consistently watching things. At least there's not enough that people consistently like. Mm-hmm. And they're trying. Social media is trying. YouTube is trying. But you know what? Since we don't go outside and play anymore, there's video games because they take up a big chunk of our time and they exercise our brains and they exercise our bodies in like hand-eye coordination sort of ways. Unless you're playing in VR or playing DDR or something. But yeah. We've been playing video games for a long time, dude. I've been doing it since I was a child, and you were probably in your 30s. So, you like discovering now that kids play a lot of video games hurts my brain. Also, is it your business, children? Bob
0: Iger also forgot that LucasArts existed. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that they closed that Disney closed an entire division of video games. And yeah. now they're like, we should start making video games, guys. We
1: should really just have like cool video game stuff going on, guys. And why do people keep making such shit video games? Why is the best video game Disney has ever been a part of Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> like, like, like straight up.
0: <laughs> the lore, Hector, the lore of Kingdom yeah. Hearts. All right. As we wrap up the news segment of the podcast, uh, it's time for this week's layoff news. Uh, Small this week, thankfully. Uh, We kind of touched on this earlier. The developer of Disco Elysium, Z-A slash U-M, is ramping up to layoff about 24 employees, which according to GameSpot is roughly about a quarter of their staff. Mm -hmm. Um, Embracer Group, the Swedish mega publisher, has laid off almost 1,400 employees in the last six months. They are claiming that they are doing this to try and, and I quote, reduce their net debt, as their CEO has said that the restructuring is about creating a strong foundation for the future.
1: Embracer Group this week also said that their absolute number one concern was their stockholders. Mm -hmm. And like, of course. Of course it is. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Of course it is. Like, like that is not news to anybody. It is not a shock. It is not a surprise. But what it is is it's saying the quiet part out loud at the exact same time you are firing people. You are ending people's employment at a time when they're not being snatched up. There was a time, and I had this conversation with another friend of mine last week. There was a time when layoffs in the industry were almost seen as a good thing because you had really talented people – end a project, something like GTA 5, or mm-hmm. some some other big project. And it's like, well, we rant up production, and we had like 300 developers. We don't need 300 developers sitting around. We're no longer making the biggest AAA game the world has ever seen, and there'd be layoffs.
0: But here's your payout, here's your bonus. No, no, no,
1: sure, sure, right. sure. But every other studio mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, look at all that fucking talent. Nom, 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 nom. They grabbed everyone they could. They're like, oh my God, you literally did like the facial animation for Ellie in the first Last of Us game? Yeah, get in here you know, holy shit, you're just, you're responsible for the design of the weapons in Halo? Mm -hmm. Come here, you know, like everyone they could. And there was a feasting frenzy and every other studio started gaining new talent and better and better games came out. And that was, that's not a good thing, but a good thing came of it. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore. We live in a world right now where we've had thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of layoffs in our industry and no one is snapping them up. And this is according to the devs themselves as they speak out. People Mm -hmm. aren't looking around and saying, look at all this incredible talent. Those studios, when they do have openings, are hiring the people they can pay the absolute least, not the talented ones, not the most talented ones, I should say. Not the ones who will demand what their resume deserves, but the ones who are like hungry and right out of college. And like, while those people should be hired, It is in lieu of paying someone what they are worth to do a really good job Mm -hmm. that they know they will. It's a bad thing for the industry. Mm -hmm. It's literally suffocating the life out of the art that they are responsible for making so that they can please their shareholders. And of course they do. Of course they do. That's literally how capitalism works. But it is poisoning the industry. It is.
0: Well, fortunately, that's the only two uh, bits of layoffs that we have to talk about this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a small break and get in the mood for our main topic in the boss room. Boss room. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the boss room, our main topic for the week, sometimes related to the news, sometimes not this week. We are talking about the announcements that were made on the recent Xbox podcast. So let's talk about it.
1: Were there announcements?
0: So we need to, I need to address the pink elephant in the room here. Mm-hmm. I had the show notes done <laughs> before the Xbox presentation. And I turned I turned to Hector earlier this week and said, hey, Hector, mm-hmm. Microsoft is going to do a big thing on Thursday. Yeah, I heard I'm about gonna that. S- it's going to be big. I'm going to save the boss room because whatever they're going to say. It's obviously going to be a game changer for the whole video game industry. And we need to have the time carved out of this show that we take so much time and care and love to produce that our producer John really does all the work for and make sure that our boss room is like... Really, really good, and we can dissect everything that Microsoft talked about at their pod. Jesus Christ, it was bad.
1: No, no, and I'm sitting here like, James, you're right. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Look, Microsoft announced that they had something to say, and they announced that this is not a Games Direct. This is not Mm -hmm. a sizzle reel of trailers and showing you upcoming projects. We just have something to tell you, and it has something to do with the way we release video games. So please tune in and just hear us out, okay? We have something to say. Yep. And I was like, holy fuck, this is going to be big. Yeah, we better carve out the boss room. Yeah.
0: So I'm just going to do the highlights, then we can kind of talk about it. So they talked about Diablo is coming to Game Pass. Um, mm-hmm. They said that their games, Xbox-exclusive games, will be coming to, and I quote, and I was writing notes as we went, other consoles. Mm-hmm. Then they talked about how the best experience to play an Xbox game is, is actually on an Xbox. Mm-hmm. They talked about cloud gaming. But like all of the, and you're, if you're saying to yourself, James, why are, why are you being so vague about this? Why, why are you talking about these topics in such vague terms? It's because they talked about it in vague terms. We're, they, we're just quoting. They, they literally use the words other consoles. Mm-hmm. Xbox games are coming to other consoles. Okay. They talked about cloud gaming and how it's still so important and how they're still working really hard on it. Basically with that kind of wording. Yep. They said that Xbox is still the best place to play Xbox games and there will be a new Xbox console. Cause they're ramping up to make a new Xbox console. That's it. That was almost 30 minutes of our day that we sat in our office and watched this thing. And I tried to take meticulous notes and I still only got about four sentences out
1: of this whole thing. I just had a thought.
0: Well, it's probably better than what their thoughts were. So please shoot.
1: Okay. So, so, so hear me out. Right. Last year, all we were talking about when it came to Xbox was the Activision blizzard merge. Yeah. Blizzard merger. Mm-hmm. It's like, this was the news. This is what's going on. A big part of that news was Sony in court being like, they're going to take all the good games and they're going to make them run like shit on our console or make them exclusive to them. Correct. And Xbox is like, what the fuck are you talking about? How could we ever do that? Why would we ever do that? Sony was like, "Mm, mm, I see you. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, Sony, you're being dumb. And Sony's like, you know what? Fine, 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 fine. They can do this if we still get Call of Duty because it's a huge chunk of the industry, and they have to promise, they have to promise that the games run the same on both systems. Just Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. And finally, Microsoft was like, yeah, fine, fine, whatever. You're dumb. You're paranoid. We get this news today that, like, yo, so all the games that we make... Um, from now on, because we didn't sell any fucking consoles, we're going to put them on PlayStation also. Of course, that's not what they said. That's what they mean. You know, maybe some of them will come to Switch 2 or something. Like, yeah, that's absolutely a possibility. The exact words,
0: they said four games that are not going to be announced as to Mm. what four games those are.
1: Yeah, that was my favorite part when you're talking about vague shit. There are four titles that were exclusive that you would expect would be exclusive that won't be. Um, I will not tell you which ones they are. No, thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: And then they were just like, but we are making another console, just so you know. Not addressing the fact that this one has sold like shit. Right. Then we're going to talk about cloud gaming. And by the way, the most most posts that I saw about this when I went on Twitter after the fact (laughs) was people going, hey, they just said Diablo is coming to uh, Game Pass. That's exciting.
1: So to finish my point, like... Today, they get up there and they say, so we have games. Our games are coming to other platforms. And it's like, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You want to sell the games that you make since you're a game-making studio way more than a console studio now on the, you know, biggest-selling console. That's good sense. That should make your stock go up. That's Mm -hmm. good business sense. Yep. And then they say, but the best place to play them, these games that we're making, It's still gonna be on Xbox. And all I can see is like the Sony lawyer going, "Mm, mm." (laughs) yes, this is what I was talking about. How, you know that game's gonna run at 60 FPS on the Xbox and 30 on the PlayStation. You know that's what you're doing. I'm so glad I defended Call of Duty, you assholes. I'm not saying that's what they're doing. That's not even rumor and speculation. That's my stupid headcanon, but that's all I can think about. Because that's all Sony was saying the whole time. And we called them paranoid and dumb and doing legal shenanigans for no reasons. And literally they get on stage today without showing a single video game and say, yeah, our games are going to be on PlayStation also, but they're better on our console. Trust me on that.
0: <laughs> the nice thing about the boss room, if you're new to the show, by the way, welcome if you are, um, when it comes to the news in, in the main section of the weekly raid, uh, we keep everything very much facts. I, I, pull from multiple sources to try and keep some fucking sense of journalistic integrity. And when it comes to the boss room, that's the one place we can have some fun and we can kind of comment on rumor and speculation a little bit. But Jeezy <laughs> crazy, that fucking 30 minutes like uh, there's a good friend of mine, Lee. He was sitting in discord with me. We always watch these presentations together when they go on and he's talking about all this stuff and he goes, you know how they say like this could have been an email. Yeah. And he goes, this whole thing could have been a tweet. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, but like, not even like a tweet now, but like a tweet a few years ago when we had like a, a hard character limit, like a right. short character limit. That's what this could have been.
1: Yeah, you had 144 <laughs> characters. You had a paragraph in the third at the best.
0: And that's what we got is they came out and they said, Diablo's coming to Game Pass, mm-hmm. play games on Xbox. Cloud Gaming exists.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know anyone who does it, but it's right. there. Our
0: cloud Gaming exists, and our we have four games that we refuse to tell you what they are that are first-party exclusive that are coming to other consoles. And he, he also emphasized the fact that all the ones that are coming to the, the uh, other consoles mm-hmm. – Weird way to put it, too.
1: Yeah, the other platforms. Just other other platforms. Yeah, he probably means every platform. He's probably like, look, if you've got, like, origin, it's on there, you know? Have you
0: ever, like, heard... (laughs) Please don't hate me for this. (laughs) You ever heard, like, an old white dude? Oh, yeah. My whole life, dude. And he says, like, well, you know, some other people moved in down the street.
1: Uh. (laughs) And it's the way that they say it. Yeah, there's just, like, a... "Mm." Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about already. Yeah.
0: Some other people moved in down the road. That's the way that Xbox was saying other consoles. Oh, during. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the other consoles, yeah, you know. you know. The ones that aren't like us.
1: Yeah, if it fits on the Switch, <laughs> you know, we the Switch can have it. There's no reason.
0: As long as the Switch isn't trying to switch in my direction, I'm yeah, okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. As long as the Switch sticks to its own Switches, you know. <laughs> It's good. That's what it was like. And don't get me started on the PlayStation. Don't even get me started.
0: (laughs) Like, you would figure that if you're talking about the first move in the the one thing that a lot of gamers have wanted for a long time is a one console Mm future, right? One piece of hardware that they can get all their games for.
1: Yep. And And then it was Steam.
0: Right. And then it was Steam. And then we're like, you know what? We all said this when Xbox Game Pass came out. We said, you know what? Game Pass is great. I would love to be able to play it on my Switch or my PlayStation someday. Oh, yeah. Not going to happen. But we would love if that were the the thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And this should be a moment in video game history where we look at this and they should have come up on stage and said, hey, we've got four titles coming out. They've been our competitors in the past, but we're releasing three on the PlayStation and one on the Switch. Mm -hmm. We can't tell you what they are but these are the people that we're working with. We're going to let the developers tell you. And almost a lot of this is the exact same wording they used, mm-hmm. just without the bitterness to it. And just like, this is going here, this is going here. We'll announce what the titles are here in the future, but it's an exciting time for the future of Xbox, for the future of Microsoft, for the future of PlayStation, for the future of the Switch. We are all coming together. Mm-hmm. That's what it should have been. Not, not not like, Did you, Sally, did you see the other consoles have moved <laughs> down the road?
1: I'm going to, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a good neighbor. I'm going to take him a casserole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, not the good casserole. No, no, no. no.
1: I'm going to use a good tunic for the we're, casserole. We're
0: going to give him, like, the, the funeral casserole, yeah, not, yeah, like, the welcome know, the, to the neighborhood casserole. Yeah, the dead
1: people casserole. <laughs> that's, that's the one they're getting.
0: And that's my b- biggest frustration about this, because leading up to this event for the last week, there's been a lot of rumor and speculation online.
1: Oh yeah! About- like, like, how many videos did we try to look up today that were like just the conference, and it's literally everyone reacting. And I saw titles on reaction videos that were like the end of Xbox and right. Xbox is over and watching the fall and mm-hmm. like nothing happened.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's the saddest part about this whole thing being a fart in the wind is just it had the potential, even with just the announcements they gave us, mm-hmm. it had the potential to shake up the games industry and create a place where the we as video game, good God video game. uh, It's hard to say out loud, Mm. but for a long time, video gamers have had a problem with picking sides in a bad way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they've been Mm -hmm. like, we gamers.
1: Yeah. We gamers.
0: We we, we have picked a console and this is what we're sticking with. This would have been the moment Mm -hmm. to plant the flag in the ground for democracy and said, we are all coming together because we all love games yeah. and we want to make sure everybody has access to these games mm-hmm. and we should all be celebrating that we have a medium in the face of an industry, which is getting pounded in the ass <laughs> Yeah, with layoffs.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. The people who make video games are having a bad time. They're having y'all. a bad
0: time. And like a little bit of hope saying like, you know what your game that you've been working so hard on for ye- literally years mm-hmm has a chance to sell a million more copies because we're not worried about what console it's being released on. Yeah. And instead, we got Diablo on Game Pass. Cloud Gaming is is Cloud Gaming. We are making another console. Xbox is the best place to play Xbox games. (laughs) And also, some of our games are going to the other consoles. Yeah. I'm telling the
1: sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) honestly i just want them to be aware of the situation
0: (laughs) right Uh, they just uh, need to uh, understand that the other consoles are moving in down the road
1: yeah there's this like yeah just james like you just kind of inspired me like think about how classy today could have been and think Mm -hmm. about the high road that xbox could have taken think about uh, the xbox could have come in and said like we believe here that Game Pass truly is the best deal in gaming. We're proud to offer that Mm -hmm. deal. We're proud and we want more people to have it. And you know what? We know that there's a large install base of PlayStation fans. And we know how much they love video games. And we love video games too. We have so much more in common with them than we don't. Like literally everything. And we want them to have access to our library of games because we curate it, we specify it, and we think that we have one of the best libraries in gaming. And We want everyone to have access to it. Mm-hmm. So announcing today, yeah, if you have a Game Pass subscription, you can load that up on your PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And, like, all the goodwill. Yeah. Literally everyone being like, holy fuck, these tuxedo-wearing motherfuckers doing the classiest thing I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. life, being like, more people need access to games, we're on the side of art and good art, and we want everyone to be able to have it, not just the people who buy our console, so here you go. Uh, Switch also, maybe Switch 2 or whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. we can get. We want people to play these games because we love them and we believe in them. Where was that?
0: Mm-hmm. So when you say where was that, one of the things that we've talked about in, in older previous episodes of the show, do not go back and listen to those. No, don't do that. We, we talk about how during a lot of like console launches or big launches, we would see on Twitter back in the day. Sony wouldn't really do this so much, but Microsoft was always the one to congratulate Nintendo mm-hmm. or Sony on a big console launch or a big video game launch. Oh, yeah. Like Larry Erb, the face of Xbox, would come out and say, "Like Sony, I can't, The Last of Us 2, I cannot wait to play it. Yeah. Me, as the head of Xbox, I cannot wait yeah. to sit down this weekend and play The Last of Us, a Sony title, because we are all gamers. And we should appreciate good games. Mm-hmm. Where was that Larry Herb today when he was saying the words other consoles and like about to throw up in his mouth?
1: When <laughs> right? Why did this feel like such a shame march? Right. Why did this feel like there was like a lady in the back with a bell, right? Just mm-hmm. like shame, ding, like like what the why would why did it feel so much like they were defending themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what kind of a press conference was that? That feels weird, man. It, does, it really does. It feels ill-advised and, like, poorly thought out. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, like you said, the things that we're fantasizing about, like, the cool, like, game passes on everything now, that would have been amazing. And they didn't have anything like that. They didn't have sure. the time to make that deal. Would have been a whole other thing. They really should do that. By the way, if this message ever gets to you, but instead, like you said, they spent twenty minutes on something that could have been a tweet while acting embarrassed and sad. Mm -hmm. It was fucking weird, man. It really was. What? What was that? I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I
0: know. That's where I'm at. All right, I'm gonna wrap this whole thing up. It was a weird press conference. Hopefully things will get better in the future. Whatever these four mystery titles are that are coming to other consoles. Yeah,
1: I can't wait to play them on my PS5. Probably at a worse (laughs) frame rate.
0: Right. Uh, We will talk about them on this show uh, the moment that we hear about it. Um and that's everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com/gnggcast where you can chat with us as well as talk to me directly at cast on Twitter. Thank you to everybody who's been in the live stream tonight. It's been great to see some some friends and some new faces and everybody come in here to talk about stuff. It's uh it's good to feel back yeah, know man. Last, last week I was rough around the edges. Now you got a
1: little skipping your step. I, I do, in fact. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Microsoft and <laughs> other consoles mm-hmm. for giving that to me. But until next time, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night.
1: And good game.